Josh Haston here, Israel Uncensored on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. It is Monday, the 26th of December, 2022, the 2nd of Tevet, 5783. It is also the 8th and final day of Hanukkah. For all those who celebrated, we hope that you had a joyous Hanukkah festival from all of us here at the Land of Israel Network. Certainly was a wonderful time to be traveling around Israel during this holiday. And it certainly feels like winter here in the Jewish state as we've had several days of rain. And please, God, hope it continues uh, throughout the winter. Now, let us get to the news. Uh, JNS reported yesterday that Prime Minister-designate Benjamin Netanyahu would suspend plans to annex or to apply sovereignty on parts of Judea and Samaria in exchange for a normalization agreement with Saudi Arabia, according to reports over the weekend. Talks are underway between Israel, the U.S., and Saudi Arabia to this end. According to Yediot Achronot, Netanyahu said he hopes to welcome Saudi Arabia into the circle of countries that have joined the Abraham Accords. So, yeah, I'm definitely uh, in favor of a peace deal with Saudi Arabia, especially as Iran is and remains to be the top threat to Israel, the number one issue. Uh, That being said, I am certainly not a fan of failing to apply sovereignty over Judea and Samaria. I think we need to be stronger here. And I, again, I understand the importance of a deal with the Saudis and, of course, the deals we have with the other Arab countries, United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, and the others. But the bottom line, even with the Iranian threat and the unity we must have against Iran, but why, time and time again, do we talk about sovereignty and then pull back just like that? The peace deal with Egypt, with Egypt that Israel has didn't happen on condition that we create a Palestinian Authority state or a PLO state. I know that Egypt wanted to do that at the time. They wanted that to happen, but it didn't. And you can call it a cold peace, and I certainly uh, am still not a fan of the fact that Israel pulled out its communities in Yamit, in the Sinai. So why now do we have to turn our backs on half a million Israelis living like second-class citizens under the civil administration here in Judea and Samaria instead of as full-fledged citizens. That's my issue, assuming that this report is accurate and Israel is, in fact, negotiating a normalization deal with Saudi Arabia. I think we can have both. I think we can have a normalization with the Saudis and apply sovereignty over Judea and Samaria. We need to be stronger here. This is the Middle East where strength uh, wins out and weakness loses. And we see that time and time again. So we'll see what happens. We'll see how accurate this report was and where things stand. I'm sure we will in the next, uh, in the months ahead. I think very, very soon we will see where this initiative is heading uh, with the Saudis. Uh, switching gears here, reported also by JNS, the mayor of the Israeli Arab city of Kfar Qasim. On Saturday, he attended the funeral 
of a terrorist who was killed attempting to carry out a shooting and car ramming attack targeting several police officers over the weekend. So just to back up, here you had, I believe it was on uh, Friday morning, you had an Arab terrorist who tried to murder several Israeli police officers, uh, intending to stab them, intending he tried to run them over with his car. It was determined this was a terror attack. And uh, the mayor of that town, Kfar Qasim, where this attack took place, Mayor Abdel Badir, he attended the funeral of the terrorist who carried out the attack. Why is he at the funeral? Why is he showing support for the terrorist and his family? That is certainly disturbing, especially we're talking about a mayor of a town in pre-1967 Israel. He has Israeli citizenship with all the benefits that go with that. And here he is supporting terrorism. Shas Party Chairman Arya Daria denounced Badir's attendance at the funeral. He said instead of condemning the terror committed in his city, a mayor in the state of Israel chose to participate in the funeral of a damned terrorist who brutally ran over and shot an officer and two policemen. Yeah, I actually got that wrong. It wasn't a, a, an attempted stabbing. It was an attempted shooting attack on Friday. I apologize for that. But Arya Derry denouncing the mayor for, he's, he called it a shame and a disgrace for the mayor to attend the funeral of a terrorist who tried to murder in a shooting, let's get it right, a shooting attack and car ramming attack targeting Israeli police this past Friday. So it's a disgrace. I don't know what the government of the state of Israel can do. He's an elected mayor from a city. Not sure what uh, repercussions he could face for supporting blatantly and outwardly supporting uh, a terrorist and then making up a bunch of excuses. Um, I heard him on the radio actually yesterday making up a bunch of nonsense about why he went to the funeral. I'm curious to know what, if anything, can be done against this mayor for his uh, disgraceful ac actions in supporting terrorism. Moving on here, um, our weekly, uh, or almost near-weekly, anti-Semitism report here, also from JNS. On the Upper East Side of Manhattan, the Chabad Israel Center had a menorah. We are still in Hanukkah here. Made out of ice. The ice-carved menorah, commissioned by the Upper East Side Chabad Israel Center, was smashed in an apparent anti-Semitic attack on Wednesday night. That's what the Jew haters are doing these days, smashing menorahs. There was a previous act of vandalism that took place at the same Chabad Center in October during Sukkot. So several times, the Chabad Israel Center on the Upper East Side of Manhattan was attacked. This is New York, right? The melting pot where all the different creeds and religions and races are all supposed to get along and it's supposed to be kumbaya and everybody loves everybody and everyone's accepting apparently the jews don't fit into that melting pot anymore because there are there have been so many attacks jew hatred attacks anti-semitic attacks 
over the last couple of years. And here's just another one on their Upper East Side in Manhattan. The beacon, right? The beacon of the world, apparently, or apparently not. Earlier this week, on the second night of Hanukkah, New York leaders spoke out against anti-Semitism at an event called Shine a Light, a Hanukkah event with all a bunch of heads of Jewish organizations and the governor and whatnot, the governor of New York, and all these people getting together, talking about how terrible anti-Semitism is. Well, it's happening right under their noses. Um... And this is the pattern. This is the trend. This is the reality, folks. If you're living in New York or Los Angeles or Chicago or anyone, anywhere rather, outside of the state of Israel. Again, let's be clear. We have our own version of anti-Semitism here. Uh, We have Arab terrorism, which is also Jew hatred. And that's why it's carried out. And on that note here. Times of Israel saying now gunmen fired at an Israeli car and at troops in the northern Shomron, northern Samaria last night. No casualties in several shootings. One of them taken uh, taken responsibility by the so-called Lion's Den terror organization. The other one by Palestinian Islamic Jihad, that terror organization. So we do have our anti-Semitism here. We do have our terrorism, whatever you want to call it. But that being said, we are fighting against the terrorism. Thank God for the brave men and women of the IDF and our border police and police and everyone else involved, our security forces and fighting, actively fighting hundreds and hundreds of attacks prevented thanks to the fact that we have a Jewish army and a Jewish security service here who operate 24-7. Many of these incidents and attacks cannot be publicized. The details cannot be publicized for obvious security reasons, but thank God for them all. Especially now, by the way, when it's cold and rainy outside, not easy to be outside in the field carrying out their duties, standing at strategic locations. I see them uh, every single day in Judea and Samaria, standing in the pouring rain to keep us all safe. So God bless the men and women of the IDF. And all the security forces. I went off on a little tangent there, but I think it's I think it's deserving. If you're here in Israel and you see a group of soldiers, go buy them cokes, go buy them chips, go buy them drinks, go buy them coffee. Do what you can to keep the morale high and to uh, keep them hydrated and keep them um, fed. I think it's a very important message, and we should all be doing our part to help the IDF soldiers. A here's another report uh, switching gears here once again report from JNS a confidential document composed by the European Union's mission Eastern Jerusalem and obtained by JNS shows that Brussels is actively working with and on behalf of the Palestinian Authority to take over area C of Judea and Samaria with the overall objective is integrating the region within areas A and B we've known this for years. It's not a secret. The Regavim organization has dedicated so many so many manpower hours in proving how the European Union is illegally building throughout Judea and Samaria. And now we have a document, supposed to be confidential document, proving that the goal is outright 
to take over Area C, to allow the Palestinian Authority to take over Area C, an area which is under full Israeli control. That is their goal. They want a so-called two-state solution. They don't want any form of, this is what their goal. Their goal is, let's skip even these negotiations. I mean, personally, I don't want any negotiations at all. I don't want anything to do with the Palestinian Authority, and I certainly don't believe they should be allowed to run around in Area C. But the EU said, EU said, well, said, well, you know, negotiations aren't going anywhere, so let's just take it over. And here's a secret document proving that this is their goal. Very much like the document from 2009 by the, uh, created by the Palestinian Authority Prime Minister uh, Fayyad, who openly said the goal is to take over Area C. Well, looks like the proof is in the pudding in terms of the European Union being in cahoots officially. Well, unofficially, because it's supposed to be a confidential document, unofficially in cahoots with the Palestinian Authority, the EU and PA together trying to take over, illegally trying to take over Area C. Um, I'm getting full disclosure here. This report by JNS, I, I actually had a part in uh, putting together this, uh, this article with some of the quotes that I got, so full disclosure on that. But, you know, whether it's JNS or any other news organization, a lot of them uh, reported this over the last several days. And sadly, not all the news services came out with this uh, information because they they don't want to believe it. They want to keep it quiet. They don't want people to know that the European Union is funding the plan to take over Area C because it's something they support. And I'm talking about certain media outlets without pointing a finger at one individually, but certain media outlets will not report this information because they think it's the right thing to do, sadly. They think it's the right thing for the European Union to stick their noses in another country. And by the way, if you're listening to this and you live in, live in the European Union, maybe they should pay attention to the struggles and troubles of the people with European Union residency, citizenship in the countries of the EU. Maybe they should invest or earmark funds to help the people who live in the European Union instead of sticking their noses in what's going on here in Israel and essentially trying to build illegally trying to build a separate entity, a so-called Palestinian state, which please God will never come into existence as it will, it will represent an existential threat to the Jewish state of Israel. And bottom line, this is our country. This is our land. But the European union doesn't care and they don't believe that Judea and Samaria are part of the state of Israel. And I'm sure a lot of them, if they were uh, willing to admit it, wouldn't care if Israel disappeared altogether on, all, on any border. But for now, this is their plan. The illegal takeover of Area C in Judea and Samaria. The Jewish press reports that President Isaac Herzog is working to harness Prime Minister-designate Benjamin Netanyahu and outgoing Prime Minister Yair Lapid to join together in a move against the UN initiative asking the ICC, the International Criminal Court in The Hague, to rule whether Israel's presence in Judea and Samaria is considered a permanent annexation and illegal, according to the Reshet Bet radio station 
reporting on Sunday morning. So our president wants the past prime minister, the future prime minister, or the current prime minister and future prime minister to get together and put their differences aside and combat this UN initiative trying to, I don't even know what authority they would have, and I don't, I don't really understand the legal ramifications of an ICC decision, what that would mean practically for Israel. Maybe they would try to arrest Israeli uh, authorities or IDF personnel if they traveled abroad. I don't know what the ramifications would be. But uh, on November the 11th, the UN, uh, one year after Palestinian Authority Chairman Mahmoud Abbas spoke at the UN General Assembly, he said that Israel, if Israel would not leave the what he called the West Bank, he would take the matter to The Hague and ask the ICC to issue a legal opinion on the legality of the so-called occupation, the Israeli presence in Judea and Samaria. So apparently this is going forward. And the UN is asking the ICC to issue a ruling to determine uh, Israel's presence in Judea and Samaria if it is considered to be a de facto annexation, which countries who don't understand international law claim that Israel's presence here is against or violates international law, which is absolutely not true. Uh, but for our purposes, the goal here uh, by the president is to get collaboration on the highest levels to fight against the UN's uh, decision to bring Israel's presence in Judea and Samaria to the ICC. An integrated move that doubles the power of the fight against the dangerous PA initiative. That is the president's goal. Going back to the terror front here, we talked about shootings last night, which was just published here by Times of Israel. At the same time, uh, Israel National News Arut Sheva reports that there were shootings over the weekend on Friday evening. Heavy fire was directed against the community of Shaked. And then later on, uh, Palestinian Authority or Arab or terrorist snipers, whatever you want to call them, shot at IDF posts in the northern Shamron area. Pretty scary stuff. I saw some of the uh, images, some of the pictures taken in Shaked with people's homes who had bullet holes, bullet holes in them as terrorists targeted communities in Judea and Samaria. Thank God no one was harmed, but um, it needs to stop. And perhaps the new government will implement even stronger measures to combat terrorism, uh, but this needs to stop. This latest wave started way back in March, if you want to call it that. And at the same time, I also actually just wrote uh, a piece about how uh, religious pilgrims, Jewish worshipers who traveled to the tomb of Joseph in Shechem, which is under Palestinian authority control, the custom is to go in on Rosh Chodesh, the Jewish new, the first day of the Jewish new month, to go visit the tomb, the holy site, the tomb of Joseph in Shechem, which actually under the Oslo Accords was supposed to be protected by the Palestinian Authority, open to all Jewish worshippers. That has not been the case, and each and every time since March that a group of Jews has gone in 
and this is in full coordination with the IDF, let's be clear, each and every time a group has gone in, uh, terrorists have fired either against those who, uh, who are visiting, the worshippers, or the IDF soldiers who are protecting those who are worshipping. So it is a major issue, it is a major problem. How are they finding out also when uh, these events will take place? They happen in the middle of the night, and they're usually, again, on the first day of the month, not always, sometimes a few days before, sometimes a few days after. But, you know, maybe they're just reading the Facebook or social media posts promoting these trips, or who knows, maybe the Palestinian Authority forces who are supposed to be guarding and protecting the holy site are tipping off the terrorists, letting them know that the Jews are on their way to worship, and that's when they open fire. I mean, it's clearly premeditated. But either way, it's a major problem and a complete violation of uh, of the accord signed. And don't get me wrong, I think the Oslo Accord was the biggest mistake in the history of the State of Israel. But yet nobody complains about the violation which takes place by the Palestinian Authority. That's for sure. Uh, instead, the focus, of course, is when a Jew builds a pergola in Judea and Samaria, the world goes crazy with Jews being shot at on the way to pray. Imagine if it was reversed. Imagine if we we're talking about the Temple Mount and if Jews were opening fire on Arab worshippers on the Temple Mount. It would be front page news. It would be World War Three. It would be headlines all over the world. It would be international condemnations and emergency UN meetings at 2 a.m. on Christmas Day. Whatever it was, that's the reality. That's That would be the case. But Jews going to worship at our holy site, coming under fire, that doesn't make the news. That's not something the world is interested in. Um, the hypocrisy is, is astounding, not surprising, but it's just unbelievable how that is our reality. The Jewish press reports here that a terrorist caught hurling stones in an attack on Israelis has been found to allegedly be a volunteer for the far-left anti-Israel B'Tselem organization. Based on documentation, he was carrying, identifying him as a volunteer cameraman for the organization. So here you have an organization, B'Tselem, try to spread, spread lies and hate against Israel, against the IDF. Uh, one of their cameramen apparently caught in the act of actually hurling stones at Israelis. The terrorist slash activist was one of four who were captured by, the, by IDF soldiers in Samaria on Friday as they were attacking Israelis with rocks. The organization, of course, funded by donations from the European Union, and other North American foundations claiming to support human rights activity. Um, also, of course, private individuals in Israel and abroad support this organization. I'm not surprised by this story in any way, shape, or form that one of their members caught throwing rocks at Israelis. Uh, U.S. actress and producer Whoopi Goldberg back in the news here. We could have added this to our anti-Semitism report, reported here by Times of Israel, once again claiming over the weekend that the Holocaust was not connected to race. This is a, less than a year after a similar comments led to her two-week suspension on the, the show The View. 
So in this latest incident, there was an interview with Whoopi Goldberg carried out by the Sunday Times of London. Goldberg said that the Nazi orchestrated genocide was white on white violence. It's laughable if it wasn't so uh, tragic and despicable. That's what the Holocaust was, white on white violence and not about race. I wonder what. You know what they're going to do now? Are they going to suspend her again from the view? Are they going to ignore it? I mean, apparently in today's day and age, you can say anything negative about the Jews, whether you're you're Kanye or Whoopi Goldberg or whomever, and uh, get away with it. I mean, she's she's you know wacko. She was promoting a a new movie of hers, uh, a new film. I don't even want to say the name of the film, but I hope it fails. I hope the view throws her out again. Just more and more people, uh, high-end individuals, if you want to call them that, celebrities, let's stick to celebrities, more and more open about their Jew hatred and Holocaust denial. And it seems like they're getting away with it. They're able to do so. I mean, yeah, you know, Kanye lost uh, and... Kyrie Irving and the others, you know, losing sponsorship deals or whatnot, slap on the wrists here and there, but more and more entertainers, athletes or whatnot are coming forward and openly bashing the Jewish people, denying the Holocaust and all this other anti-Semitic rhetoric going around in mainstream. That's the issue. It's now part of mainstream society uh, in the U.S. and in other countries. But... The Jerusalem Post reports, and this is where the focus is, okay? This is, I'm talking about now, uh, American Jewry, not all, let's be clear, but more than 330 American rabbis, including some who occupy prominent roles in major cities, are pledging to block members of the religious Zionist bloc and Benjamin Netanyahu's new government from speaking at their synagogues and will lobby to keep them from speaking in their communities. Such open-minded liberal individuals, right? They are blocking Jewish members of parliament to come and address their communities, not even interested in hearing their perspective, their point of view, what they have to say, having an open... I thought it was all about open dialogue and discussion, I thought that's what being liberal was about, right? You know, open dialogue, discussions. Again, you know, there's a difference between, uh, and there's a, there's a line there that you can't cross. I'm not talking about, you know, the Whoopi Goldberg hate speech. That I will, I will condemn, and that shouldn't be allowed to take place. But you're talking about democratically elected members of the Israeli government Proud, strong Jews are being banned by 330 American rabbis. Do I personally agree with every single position of some of these new members of Knesset? No. But does that mean they should be banned? And for years, for years, silence. Silence over the fifth column of the Arab members of Knesset, of those essentially serving as PLO representatives in the Knesset, those who served as Yasser Arafat's representatives in the Knesset. Uh, if you're not clear what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the Arab MKs who openly stand against the Jewish state of Israel. 
those people were never banned. There was never any statement against the things that they were saying in support of terrorists and their families. The 330 rabbis didn't say anything about them. But these holy people, they're rabbis, right? They don't want to hear about proud Jews or cracking down on terrorism or Torah values or any of that. But they go on the offensive here and call for a boycott in the name of liberalism. Liberalism, folks, has been hijacked. And some of these 330 rabbis uh, are part of that. Those who are, have hijacked what liberalism really means and, and, the hip, and, and how it reeks of hypocrisy for not saying anything when Arab Israelis, part of the Knesset, who have health care from the state of Israel and citizenship and freedoms, freedom of religion, and everything else they are granted as minorities here in the state of Israel. And then they turn against the state and serve as representatives of the terrorists and the terror organizations in the Knesset. None of these American rabbis say a word about that. And uh, here they are banning members of the Israeli Knesset, Jewish members of the Israeli Knesset. Hypocrisy, folks. It just reeks of hypocrisy, this story. And that's going to do it for today, really. You know, something positive. Want to want to end on? I think it's what we started with: the fact that it is a beautiful rainy day here in the state of Israel. Love the rain. We need the rain. We pray for rain. And I can't wait to go out and travel throughout the country this winter and see the country turning green from all of this rain. So let let it rain every day throughout. I would be happy if it rained all winter long. That would be a beautiful thing. But that'll be our positive story of the day the weather forecast let's let's hope it keeps raining here my name is josh haston this has been another edition of israel uncensored on the land of israel network at the land of com for december monday december 26 2022 the second of tevet we're already in the month of tevet five seven eight three it is still hanukkah here it's the last day of hanukkah so if you have not gotten enough of the sufganiyot the jelly donuts now there's so many different flavors of donuts. Or the Levivot, Lakis, as they're called in English. Go out and get some before Hanukkah's over. There's still time for that all day long. Big shout out to Benjamin Bresky, engineer extraordinaire. Tabitha Epstein, everything she does behind the scenes here at the network. Get in touch with me during the week. Josh at thelandofisrael.com. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. And thank you for those who reached out after last week's special show when I interviewed my own father about his relationship with Prime Minister Menachem Begin. Thank you so much for being in touch about that interview. I got a lot of positive feedback on that show, which was, of course, very special to me. So thank you for that. And everyone out there in the wonderful world of ours, have a great week. Have a safe week. Coming to you from Gush Etzion, just south of Jerusalem, the eternal capital of the state of Israel, and the Jewish people. Have a great week, everybody. Shalom, everybody. This is Jeremy Gimpel from the Land of Israel Network, but also from the Land of Israel Fellowship. We have members from 31 countries joining us every week, Sunday, live at 6 p.m. For those that can't make it live, they get a direct recording 
Just go to thelandofisrael.com slash fellowship. We're growing together. We're learning together. We're celebrating together. The gates are open for all who want to come and join. 